Um, are we recording? Yes. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to call to order the first hearing of the uh, afternoon on the application of Camille Thornell by Keats Hintzman at 87 and 89 Houston Avenue dated February 16, 2023 to build a 10 by 4, no 10.4 by 8.5 foot dormer addition on the left side of the roof of his two family home. The property is located in a residency zoning district. The building is currently a three story building when only three 1.2 stories are allowed in section 5A1 height regulations and half story. This addition will be built at a distance of 17 feet from the front property line when 20 are normally required by section 6B1 front yards and 5.6 feet from the left side left side property line when 10 are normally required by the section 6C1 side yards of the Milton zoning bylaw. This addition would increase the area of the third story, all is therein set forth in said application, which is on file with the Board of Appeals. Um, good afternoon. My name is Virginia Donahue King. I'm the zoning administrator, and I will be um, constituting the board at this hearing. Um, <clears throat> so um, we have. In the file, we have um, the application of the applicant and um, the um, denial letter from our former building inspector, Joe Prondack, and um, as well as um, <clears throat> letters from, um, let's see, well, that was a letter authorizing, um, Keith Hensman of KWH Design to represent us at the at the um, hearing, and that's about it. So um, I'm going to um, turn it over to the applicant and his spokesperson, and uh, let us know um, what it is that they'd like to do a little bit more in detail, and um, and just flesh it out a little bit for us. Okay, absolutely. Thank you very much for the introduction. I'll start by sharing my screen here. And <clears throat> pardon me. So uh, is everyone looking at um, a PDF? Is that? <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So and I'll make this uh, full screen here. Um, oh, I neglected to say that I have that in the file as well. So these are things that the public could be looking at. Oops, we okay. lost your screen. Oh, it's oh. back again. And okay, sure, so just to orient everyone to the project, so uh, the street edge right here, I don't know if you can see my cursor, um, is the frontage of the lot. And then the driveway is along this side and the lot has sort of a trapezoidal shape at the front. And then it's more or less rectangular um, toward the back. And this area here, that has sort of the, the uh, orange hatch to it shows where on the roof, the new portions of roof dormer are proposed. And then you can see it over here in the isometric view. So basically there's uh, two existing dormers on the roof today. And this dormer on this side exists, but 
to create headroom on the stair, we want to bring this small gable wall, the dormer, flush uh, in the same plane as the wall below. So the wall uh, along the stair can go smoothly up. And then this area of new roof, uh, we would call a shed roof just because it's simple and has a single pitch to it, um, is new dormer and it extends to this corner so that again, we can have headroom as we come up the stair. And so if we skip ahead, so this is a plot plan and I took the liberty of just turning it so it's the same as the plan that we were looking at here first. Um, so the street edge is down here and you can see the footprint of the house today, uh, front steps leading down to grade and the sidewalk there our driveway on this side. Um, and so it's along the left edge that we're a little bit closer to the lot line than might be allowed today if you were gonna build this house today, but we're working with an existing non-conforming condition of sorts where we're closer to that side lot line than we would be allowed to build today. And now to create usable living space in the attic, of the existing house, we need a modest dormer just to give us headroom on that stair. Uh, so I'll skip ahead to the plan. So these are just uh, uh, existing plans. So um, Kamali and his family live on the second floor of this existing two-family home. And so the, you come up the stairs to get into their unit. So now we're on the second floor and then this is the attic. Um, so these are the plans that are here today, uh, no proposed changes on these plans. So you come up the stair and you're in their floor of the two family. There's an existing back stair today, which leads up to the attic. Uh, it's, um, it's a little tight to, to put it uh, diplomatically, I guess. Um, and then, so this is the proposed plan where we're proposing a new stair to follow just on top of the existing stair. So we have the existing stair that comes up into the unit. And then this is the proposed stair here. Mm -hmm. uh, and so now we're up on the third level, uh, the existing attic. <clears throat> and this is the existing stair coming up. And this is the footprint here of the new dormer that allows you the headroom just to get up onto that floor. And then we've got, <clears throat> pardon me, a bathroom that's um, almost uh, ensuite to this proposed bedroom and a living room upstairs, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, and then uh, a laundry area and home office. So the proposed bath and the proposed home office, these are within the existing gable dormers with the gables facing the side yard on this side and facing the side yard here. And then, pardon me, uh, this is the new proposed uh, dormer here that's getting you up so you can get up onto that uh, top floor without banging your head. And I'll zoom in just a little bit here to talk a little bit more about the <clears throat> dormer, the existing dormer 
that gable dormer on the left stops here where that dashed line is. And then this fine slender portion is where we're just picking up that gable and bringing it into alignment with the floor below. Um, and then if I zoom out here, um, we can look at um, the elevations here. So these are existing elevations. This is the front elevation of the house today. And this is a right elevation, which uh, has no change to it. And then this is the back elevation of the house. And then this is where the new work is. So this is on the left side elevation of the house. And I'll zoom in on that a little bit here. Um, so this area that has a crosshatch on it is showing the new portions of walls. So again, this was basically the existing dormer that I'm outlining here, but it's brought forward uh, as we're looking at this wall to be stacked vertically above the existing wall. And then- and How much further is that brought forward? Uh, approximately a foot. Uh, it, in fact, exactly 12 inches. 12 inches, okay. Um, and then um, I can uh, switch to, um, this gives you a, a view of the front of the house today. So that, you know, gives you some idea of the house. Um, and that's the rear. So this is uh, from the neighbor's yard. So that house right there is actually the neighbor's house. And now as I turn, we're looking at Kamali's house here. So you can see the existing dormer today. So we're repeating that same shape and just bringing it 12 inches forward as you were asking. Mm -hmm. Okay. And yeah. oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna uh, give the floor back to you. Okay. Um, the, the neighbor whose yard you were in on the left-hand side of the house, um, have you talked with, or has have um, has the applicant um, talked to the neighbors about um, what the plans are and how it would change, and kind of given them this kind of a um, overview of the the um, the proposal? I'll turn the floor over to Kamali on that. Okay. I, I have not, but um, there I went to high school. I grew up with uh, the homeowner, so it, I can talk to them. I I don't I won't for if they'll have you know any problems with it i would be surprised if they did but um we are good friends okay um and they um have been given notice that this is this is going on as as required um what about your neighbors to the other side have you spoken with them i have i mean not uh formally about ex exactly what's going on uh, again I'm, i have a good relationship with both sides so i, I wouldn't expect a problem but I, I can talk to them following this um Julia, is there anyone else that wanted to um, be heard on this hearing today? There aren't any hands up. No hands up, okay. Nope. And so so basically um, we, we are assuming that your neighbors have had notice of this because of the statutory requirements, 
but you haven't talked to them about what you're planning on doing per se? No, not not in detail. Only that I am I'm hoping to to modify the the attic, kind of in a general sense, not in a really formal sense. I, they definitely didn't have any concerns. We've been working on this for well over a year, or mm -hmm. kind of keeping the process moving. So it's definitely been spoken about at some point with both. It's of something them. you've talked to over the over the time that you've been planning it. Yeah. Okay. Um, just wondering if they. So I'm assuming they haven't looked at plans or anything, but but you've told them what your what your idea is and what it is that you want. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me ask. Um, I want. The back stairs, um, let's see, you said it was a little tight um, on the back stairway and that's why you were um, elongating the front stairway that goes between the two apartments. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about that? Is it, is, it, um, is it something that you had looked into perhaps extending upstairs to the attic or um, just um, looking to see that there were possibilities looked at that might not have um, necessitated the um, the gable, the shed, excuse me? Sure, absolutely. Door. Yeah, so um, the challenge with the stair is that um, the stair, were one to try and build it today, it wouldn't meet with current building codes and standards. And so to begin with, it, it's not mm -hmm. as wide as would be required today. Um, we're still able in new construction work to create triangular stair treads often referred to as winders. But today, even the narrowest edge of the winder would need to be at least three inches long. And so the idea is that we're maintaining a uniform distance as you're walking at what they call the 12 inch walk line. So 12 inches from the inside stair as you mm -hmm. come up the stair and uh the the headroom uh might be less than ideal and um if we look at um bear with me that moment here um so you could have an odd looking bump on the house in the back instead of having you know a, a shed dormer in the middle of the house oh i see uh, so if um i follow you now so if we go back to um, the floor plans here, so part of it, part of the design exercise, if you will, is trying to create a functional floor plan. And so where we want to have living space in half of the plan, and then we want the privacy of a bedroom in another uh, portion of the plan, um, and I, you know, this this is more generous and more suited to uh, living space, and it's also in the tradition and sort of pattern of your typical home, the uh, public rooms, if you will, uh, living rooms, sitting rooms, front parlors, et cetera, are, are typically along the front of the house. So having, you know, a, a living room facing the street makes more sense, and then in the privacy of toward the rear of the lot to have the bedroom toward the back certainly makes um, more sense. And then the other part of it as well is where we're looking for an opportunity 
to create a new co-compliant set of stairs in a part of the existing floor plan that doesn't take away too much from the living space. So uh, the uh, mental shortcut, if you will, is the best place for a new stair is directly above an existing stair. Mm -hmm. So by placing this new stair directly above the existing stair, there's really minimal loss of usable living space on the first floor, uh, creating a new co-compliant stair to the second floor. Whereas in, in other portions of the plan, it certainly would have been more of a hardship, especially when we look at the back right corner of the house. This is the existing kitchen today. And as I'm sure you're, you're aware, uh, kitchens and bathrooms can be some of your most expensive renovations. So uh -huh. where the homeowners were hoping to increase their living space in the attic with minimal pressure on the first floor, or pardon me, <laughs> second floor living spaces, it seemed to us that this was the best choice for the new stair location. And then given this being the stair, you're coming up into this part of the floor plan closest to the street, then where we want a living room uh, to for <clears throat> uh, Kamala and Claudia to enjoy their family and, and being together um, with their children, you know, this is a good spot for a living room. And then this is more private in the back. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, well, I'm trusting there's still, still nobody out in Zoom land that wants to be heard. Okay. So um, I'm going to close the uh, evidentiary portion of the hearing and um, rule on this right now. Um, it, it's, um, it's sometimes tough to get, um, to um, you know, expand into a two-family house where you where you've got an attic and you know the, the houses are are fairly close together on Houston Avenue and at this particular um, area of Houston Avenue, so I think that um, this this proposal has been has been put together with some care and showing that um, even even the shed that we have uh, the additional shed that we have for that the top of that stairs is kept on a lower plane and all and it certainly makes sense to have. Um, the stairs there rather than, um, you know, overusing a, an existing stairs in the back that um, is not up to code and having spent many years in a very old house that had that wedge kind of staircase. Woo. <laughs> um, you always had to be careful. You, you couldn't go down there early in the morning and not be, ha be half awake. You had to be all the way awake. So I, I certainly understand that. So um, I'm going to rule that this is um, going to be um, a de minimis um, uh, extension into the um, previously non-conforming area and um, that it, in that people have had notice but they've chosen not to um, come here it kind of gives some tacit approval of that um, and so I am going to rule for a special permit for this um, for this um, project that you've, you've got um, here. And it seems like a good thing. It will add value to the house, add value to the neighborhood as well. So congratulations on getting your special permit. Um, it'll take a little bit of time for me to write a decision on this, um, at which point Julia will be filing it with our town clerk. And there's a 20 um, day appeal period 
where even though nobody's here today, somebody could um, appeal the decision on this um, before you could get a building permit. But once that time is up, then you can get your building permit and um, um, start with your um, with your renovation. So congratulations. Wonderful. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you look okay. very happy. I'm glad. Yeah, we appreciate okay. it. Okay. All right. Have a great day. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, everybody. My pleasure. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. And let's see. All right. So next one, yeah. I think, was Wentworth on Road. Nope, that's not. 38 Barton's Lane. Okay. Okay, we're going to um, start our Slightly late 415 hearing. Um, I think the Barrys are not unmuted yet, and they might want to be uh, able to be heard. Um, I see their attorney is here. So upon the application of Paul and Suzanne Barry by their attorney, Ned Cochran, at 38 Barton's Lane, dated February 17, 2023, seeking a special permit, to build a 15 by 14 one story a foot one story garage addition to the left front of the existing structure the property is located in the resident C zoning district this garage addition would be built at a distance of 9 feet from the left side lot line where 10 are normally required by section 6C1 of the Milton zoning bylaw and with the file we have um some thought plans of what is currently there and what is going to be added to or what is proposed to be added there. Um, we have some architectural drawings and renderings of what um, what the home will look like from outside, um, what, what it currently looks like and what, what it will look like from outside. We have letters from neighbors in um, support of the application. We have them from Thomas and Don Flynn at 15 Clark Road, uh, Judy Corey and Robert Corey at 43 Barton's Lane, which is, um, you can tell me where they are when we start talking. Um, we have another one from Diana Downey on 59 Lawrence Road and one from Lynn Hoy on 50, 46 Barton's Lane, along with David Hoy. Um, okay, so I'll turn it all over to the applicants and their attorney. Good evening, uh, Jenny, how are you? I'm uh, fine, how about you? I'm terrific, thank you for the opportunity to be here. I'm with uh, Suzanne and, and uh, Paul Barry, and um, we think uh, a de minimis application for a 
uh, minor adjustment to uh, a setback. And if I can share screen, run through quickly through a couple of slides. Um, the first, um, that's not the right one. Okay, is a front-on view of the premises. Um, this is the existing small cape house in 38 Barton's Lane. Um, the left lot line, I think, is on the other side of this arborvitae hedge. Uh, but this corner of this of the, the house here is 9.2 feet off of this left lot line. Plan is to put a new garage in this location. And because there's a slight skew to the house side of the house relative to the lot line, the 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 the, the uh, edge of the the new location of the edge of the of the garage is now going to be nine feet. So there's a very slight loss of a couple of inches in setback that are buffered by this fairly thick row of um, arborvitaes. But, are those uh, arborvitaes going to be remaining during the construction and after the construction? Yes. Um, no, that's not true. I, no. I, actually, oh, those those have those have been removed. Um, there's some new plantings on our side of the house. Um, that. But there's also a fence. I think it's like a white eight-foot fence right. that has replaced the arborvitaes that the um, the abutter has um, put up. The the abutter put up the fence. Yes. Yes. Okay. So the arborvitaes are theirs. Um, they just removed the arborvitaes and they put up a fence. Okay. And um, that must have been they, before you purchased. Yeah, we purchased the home in September of 2022. Oh. So prior to our ownership, the hedges were removed and the fence was installed. And the fence runs the entire length of the property, mm -hmm. almost all the way to the back, not quite to the back. Mm -hmm. There's a pool on, on the abutters property. Okay. Um, so just wanting to understand a little bit, um, is, is the fence... Um, on the lot line, like right on the lot line. So you'd have, you know, your nine feet next I to the garage. I think the fence was depicted on the plot plan that was prepared. Let me look at yeah, so I, I apologize for that. I, I pulled up this image from um, Google uh, Earth today to show sort of the existing view and didn't realize that the- Yeah, it was a little startled. It looked a little different from my drive-by. On the left had, had been changed. That's my That's my fault. I apologize for that. Okay, so, um, so so I think the, the fence is very, very close to the lot line. Um, I think as it works its way to the back of the property, the fence might actually encroach on 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 our property, but I think the measurements are reflected in the the actual property line. Yeah, the fence, okay. now i'm look I'm looking at the fence. It does encroach. Right. Um, you can see that. So you you might want to talk to your attorney about that, or just keeping that um, open for the per perpetuity. There, there's very simple ways of doing that without having to go crazy. So you might want to talk with him about that. Um, okay. Um, so one one of the things I did want to say um, is that the where we're putting the garage is actually it used to be the garage. Um, and the previous owners um, put a bedroom in there. So we we wanted the garage back, um, but we just wanted to move it forward a bit. 
Okay. Okay. Anything else to add? So I think um, what would be helpful, and I, it, it's a fairly simple addition as, as, as you can see from the plans. Let me just change the size of this. Um, so the letters that you received, um, this is the property at 38 Barton's Lane. The Flynn's live here on the corner of, of uh, Lawrence and Barton's at 15 Clark. They actually front on Clark Road. Mm -hmm. So they're here, Caddy Corner across the street. Um, the Downies are here at 59 Lawrence, which is again, straight across the street, but the frontage is Lawrence. Mm -hmm. The, um, the Carries are here at 43, mm -hmm. which is Caddy Corner across from the property. And the, the, the Hoyles are here at 46 immediately next door. Um, this uh, property, I think uh, Suzanne and, and Paul, you had said that there was this property may be uh, for sale. Yes. Um, so yes. Currently um, that, that ownership is changing hands. Uh, there's no direct response from existing owners relative to the request for letters of support. Yes, but we did, we did meet the new owner. He's purchasing the property, I believe at the end of this week, we did meet him and inform him uh, of what we were doing, and he and he expressed his support. Okay, um, excellent. Um, had, so so they knew um, of that they could attend to today's meeting if they were so inclined. Yes, okay. yes he was informed. Okay, very good. Um, is there anybody in Zoom land, Julia, that we need to listen to right now? There are no hands up. Okay, well, I'm gonna close the evidentiary portion of our hearing and decide this here and now. Um, this is um, kind of restoring the home to where it, where it was before with the garage. Maybe it's a teensy bit bigger um, than what's there now by, uh, by two inches. Um, that is something that, um, you know, has to be, has to be followed for the size of cars today and so forth. Um, there being um, general, um, agreement with the neighborhood that this is going to be good for the neighborhood. Um, it seems a, a de minimis amount of, um, of dimension for us to um, worry overly about. And I think that this is going to be helpful for the, um, for the Barrys to have a, a garage. It's, it's uh, when you don't have, when you miss it, people forget mm -hmm. about that. Um, and um, I am hereby voting one to nothing that you get your um, special permit for this. And I wish you many years of happiness on Barton's Lane. Right. Um, Thank you. Again, would it be um, if I produced a draft of a decision for your review? Sure, that would be helpful. Okay. okay. Make it a little faster. And um, so Attorney Cochran will be able to tell you what you need to do to, um, you know, record with the, um, uh, the registry of deeds to keep your your, your um, deed up to date and legal and so forth. And um, congratulations on your new garage. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank okay. you. Thank Take you. care. Thanks everyone. Yes. Okay, I'm waiting to see. I'm not sure who of these people 
People in the in the audience. This I know there's a Paul, so I'm just gonna let Paul over. There's no last name, but I'll let him in. Oh, and a Kevin. Hi, this is Paul and Deb. Can you hear us? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, great. Okay. Thank you. Okay, we do have to wait for five minutes to make sure that um, people that had noticed that this starts at 445 actually can uh, get here at 445 and participate. Okay. Uh, relax for a few minutes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. This one started at 4.30, Jenny, 4.90. Oh, I jumped one. I <laughs> oh. jumped one, whoops. All right, well, we Thanks can wait. Thanks for keeping me on target, <laughs> see. Oh, yeah. I don't have to wait, okay. Okay, then we can start as soon as I find the, okay. Hmm. I'm gonna call the 4.30 hearing to order on the application of Deborah and Paul Breitenbecker of 490 Blue Hill Avenue dated February 8th, 2023 for a special permit to build a 12 by 12 foot by 24 and a half foot two-story sunroom in the area of the existing deck at the rear of their home. The property is located in a residence C zoning district. This addition will be built at a distance of 8.2 feet from the left and 8.3 feet from the right property, right side property line, when 10 feet are normally required by sections 6C1 of the Milton zoning by bylaws. And in the file, I have the, um, <clears throat> the application for the special, per no, application for the building permit. I have a denial letter from uh, Mr. Prondack, our building, well, was our building inspector, we miss them all. Um, the description of the project. Um, so th this is um, describing, I'll, I'll read this aloud. The proposed project is to remove an existing 12 by 24 foot deck and stairs and replace it with a two story 12 by 24 um, foot by eight inch, no, an eight inch sunroom addition. This would include a 42 inch by 72 Foot. No, that doesn't sound it's meant right. to be inch. I'm sorry. It's okay. a typo. Landing and stairs off the first floor. See attached plans. Both the first floor and second floor would be open to the house and connected to the heating system of the house. The second floor will function as a sunroom solarium area with more than 
one half of the roof be being glass. The first floor will function as a formal living room because the current floor plan of the house does not have a real living room, see attached plan. Um, and then we have um, a lot of, um, a lot of the plans of the sunroom, but I'm not finding, and didn't find earlier, um, a lot of how this is going to look on the house. Um, I don't have any schematics of that. And it, it does make it kind of hard to visualize um, without that. We do have some pictures of the current, we have a plot plan showing that there is a funny triangular lot here that necessitates the, um, <clears throat> because of the tapering of the backyard, it's, it's difficult to, to put anything there. Um, without getting into the side setbacks as, as you have. We have a picture of the back of the house um, showing the first floor to be about, uh, in the back anyway, about a story up from the, from the backyard um, with um, an addition, it appears to be, that is probably going to be taken away. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, um, it, so I'd like to understand a little bit more about um, how this is going to be. I will I will say right up front that um, last month or the month before we had another um, application before us from from the same um, Brady Brady built sunrooms and. Um, <clears throat> And the, the problem that we had with that was that there weren't any um, drawings, conceptual drawings to show how the sunroom and the, um, and the addition would be married together, what it would look like to the neighbors from the rear. And, and that, that was a problem. We don't have that here again today. So I do anticipate that being a little bit of a problem for trying to um, understand um, exactly what is going to be next door to your neighbors. So anyway, um, I see that we have, let's see. Um, I'm assuming that Paul is Paul and Deborah. Yes. Hello. Yes. Oh, by the way, my name is uh, Virginia Donahue King. I'm a member of the Board of Appeals and the Zoning Administrator. I will be constituting the board at this hearing. Um, and Kevin is? I'm the Chief Designer for Brady Build Sunrooms representing Paul and Deborah. Okay. Um, Okay, so um, whoever would like to um, sure. know, flesh this out a little bit, that would be great. No problem. So uh, uh, um, Paul and Deborah uh, Breidenbecker hired us to replace the existing 24-foot uh, deck on the back side of the house. As you had indicated, um, 12 feet of that existing deck is a three-season room right now, um, both of which are in really bad shape and need to be replaced. Um, so we will be removing those to accommodate the new 12 by 24 foot eight two-story addition with a 42 inch by 72 inch landing and stairs. Um, the first floor, as you had indicated, could you, well, could you is going- repeat for me again that the, um, the landing, what was that again? 
the landing is going to be uh, 42 inches by 72 inches, landing and stairs. Landing and stairs. And where is that located? That's going to be on the front of the um, addition. Meaning right in front of the right in the back side of the addition in front of the sliding glass door that's shown on the first floor of the there's a three dimensional drawing of the room in the pack in the engineering package that we gave you. Can you tell me what um, how that might be um, named so I are numbered so that I can pull that out. Uh, yes, sure. Um, so the three dimensional drawing is um, number one and number two uh, front left isometric view and and front right isometric view. It does not show the landing in the stairs, um, but if you want to go to page, sorry, uh, 16, which shows side elevation, that does show the landing in the stairs. Okay, let me just pull that out. So on 16, I'm looking at um, the right side of the house. Yep, and you see the stairs coming okay. down with a landing at the top, which would be in front of the sliding glass door. Okay, let me. So that would be, um, okay, we've got the sliders. And so that, okay, so that deck is right in front of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, it's just a landing big enough to go in front of the sliding glass door. So it meets code. Okay. Um, okay, go ahead. Okay. Now the first floor is going to function as a living room because there is no living room in this house. It's a very small house. The square footage is only uh, the footprint of square foot footprint of the house is only 979 square feet. Um, so they're desperately in need of additional space. Um, during the permitting process, we needed uh, a new plot plan because there really wasn't an existing one. Um, that was was valid. So when we, we got a new uh, plot plan, we realized that it was a highly unusual shaped plot, uh, as you can see on the new plot plan. And, and um, the building commissioner, after reviewing it, uh, had, had discovered that it was a dimensionally pre-existing non-conforming structure. So when we designed the addition, um, we had designed it to come in from the sides of the house on the back so that it would not go any further uh, uh, closer to the side lot lines than the existing um, house does. We designed it to come in 0.8 feet um, from the left-hand side, as you can see on the plot plan, and 4.8 feet from the right-hand side, uh, so that it, it is not any closer to the lot line um, than, the, than the existing houses. Um, um, and then oh. under, as, as um, uh, Joe would uh, the building commissioner had indicated this requires a under section four of the zoning regulations. It requires a uh, special permit uh, for a non-conforming pre-existing building, um, and that to show that it is not uh, more detrimental to the neighborhood or that or what currently exists. And so we just we designed it to match the look of the house. Um, it's going to be sided with the same siding material as the existing house. Um, it's going to now look- how, yep. I'm sorry, um, how, no, how, sure. is that, how is that gonna work in as much as the siding? Um, it, it looks to me, wait a minute. It looks to me that we have- 
So if you if you look at the isometrics uh, page one and page two of the three dimensional mm -hmm. drawings. Yep. Okay. Everything that is not an operable window, all the solid sections on the side and all the solid sections underneath of the windows are going to be sided with the same type of siding that's on the house. Okay. Could you tell so, me what would be on the roof? Uh, on the roof is going to be, uh, there will be a metal roof above that area on the second floor that will um, uh, be insulated and you would not be able to see that roof from the ground because it's gonna be up on the second floor area. Is that the cross hatched area? Correct. Okay. Yep. And we showed the plan to all of the existing abutters. And um, Paul and Deborah went around and spoke with everybody, showed them the plan, explained exactly what they were gonna do. And we have a sheet that you should have in your package that was signed off by every single immediate abutter um, saying that yeah. they were in favor of the project and that that that, that um, they were shown the drawings and Paul and Deborah explained to them what was going on and they all agreed that it would be substantially better looking um, and more elegant than what is existing right now. Um, I'm looking for the the sign off from the neighbors. It was emailed, uh, I don't know the exact date it was emailed, but it was uh, uh, emailed subsequently after it was filed. Here's the, uh, the signature page with all the neighbor signatures on it. Okay. And this is uh, 2 Landon Road, 8 Landon Road, 480 Blue Hill Avenue. Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. No, I don't, I don't have that. If you could hold it up for me um, to try to ascertain some addresses there. Sure. And Jenny, we went through and actually individually spoke with each one of those and that's how we got all the signatures. Okay, so um, who, um, And then we, we had sent out packets with everything prior to that to each one of the, the abutters. So we had, um, just seeing um, on the plot plan, did, did we have um, Jason and Leslie McCurry on that? Correct. Absolutely. 480. Yeah, 480 Blue Hill Avenue, correct. Okay, and Paulette Cooper and Audrey Forbes from Two Landon. Absolutely. Um, Hansi, Eugene, Eight Landon. Yes. Um, the Cole family on Craig Street. Absolutely, 17 Craig, and we also got 23 Craig. 20, is that the um, Krista Kloppenstein and Elizabeth Stonberry? It is correct, yes. Okay. Yep. Um, okay. Now, I, I was, I, could you tell me again, you've, you said that the, the room is going to be tapering towards the back. Um, it's it's a little bit hard to see. Um, could you could you tell me? Um, so it. Hmm. If you look at the plot plan. The plot moment, plan. Yep. Yep. You'll see where that the yard tapers very sharply to a point yep. in the back, and the addition is coming off of the back of the house. <clears throat> but mm -hmm. the way that we designed it is we brought it in four feet eight inches. Um, from the 
right-hand side so that it wasn't any closer to the lot line than the existing house is now. And we brought it in 0.8 feet from the lot line on the left-hand side. So it was no closer to the house, the, the lot line than the house is right now. So it's not following the, the line of the house on that right-hand side of the, of the house? Nor it's, right it's or left-hand side. No, it's, right. it's stepped in some. Yeah. So we made absolutely sure that we were not expanding on that um, the non-conformity into the side yard setback. So basically, we're we're extending um, we're extending the non-conformity, but not increasing the non-conformity. Correct. So it's kind of an increase, but okay. Um, and um, if you could, um, Julia, um, it doesn't have to be for tonight, but if you could um, email me that that listing of, of the um, abutters that, that agreed to it, that would be I great just went through my email and I don't think I received that either. So I can give you my email, Kevin, and if you wanna send that over to me. Yeah, I can have Sherry do it immediately, okay. no problem. Yep. Yeah, I think I think that will be important for um, yep. um, the legality of everything. Absolutely. Um, okay, um, is there anybody out there that wants to be heard tonight on this um, application? I don't have any hands up. Okay, then I'm going to close the evidentiary portion of this hearing and deliberate on this right now. Um, it's certainly um, special permits are, are needed and, and made for lots that are as strangely put together as this lot was. That was putting it nicely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, you know, you, you wouldn't be able to put any kind of a, an addition on to improve your house and, and, and that could be tasteful with, with the, um, with the neighborhood, et cetera. So um, I, I do see that there, there's a hardship in not being able to um, make an addition onto your house. This is a rather big addition, but um, I, I certainly understand um, the, the sensitivity that you had in trying to keep it no more um, unconforming than it already, the, the, the house already is. So we're just extending the unconformity rather than creating a new nonconformity. So um, in as much as the neighbors have, uh, all of the abutters have signed off on it um, and that um, this, this being a very unusually sized as well as shaped lot, I think that um, it, it would be the, um, the right thing to do to grant the special permit for this particular application. So congratulations on that. Thank you. And um, what you would, um, I will be writing a decision on this. It will take a couple of weeks. Um, once that's done, Julia will be filing that with the town clerk, which starts a 20 day appeal period. Um, so once that 20 day appeal period is up, um, you can pull you, the uh, building permit can be pulled for the project and um, in as much as it seems like everybody in the neighborhood is, is, is in, in favor of this, this, that should be not anything but a 20 day delay. So, um, and you would also want to um, make a co uh, bring a copy of this to the um, and have it filed with the registry of deeds to update your your um, your deeds so that they know that this is a legal um, um, addition and you'll never have to pull it down then so congratulations and um, enjoy thank you Jenny appreciate it Julia you'll have the uh, signed neighbors letter by first thing in the morning great thank you thank you very much okay thank you, thank you. Take care.
All right, bring Marion over and George Mandel. Okay, how we do up. Oh. Well, we're running a little late, so um, <clears throat> I am going to call to order the hearing upon the application of George Mandel by his attorney, Marion McKettrick at 4 Hawthorne Road dated March 6, 2023 for a special permit to remove the existing gambrel style roof and rebuild a full third level gable style roof. The property is located in a residency zoning district. This roof addition will make the, the home a 3.5 story structure when only 2.5 stories are allowed by section 5A1 height regulations, which will be built at a distance of 11.9 feet from the rear property line when 18.3 are normally required by section 6D1 rear yards of the Milton zoning, lot, zoning bylaw. Um, we have in the file um, the application and the denial letter from the building's inspector. We have a letter from um, attorney McKetrick explaining what the proposal um, is and um, why um, it's requested. We have a plot plan showing the, um, the locus and well, actually, showing just the locus. And then we have um, another map showing where, um, where this resides in the bigger picture of that part of Milton. We have, we have um, architectural sketches of the existing front elevation and side elevations and rear elevations um, and the proposed elevations as well from all four sides. We have some architectural drawings of what would be held in each um, in the new section of that will be um, proposed to be built at the third level. Um, and a lot of other building things that show things um, where the pitched roofs will be and so forth and um, how the rooms are um, put together. So um, we do have a lot to look at that. And, um, and so what I'd like to do is turn this over to attorney McKetrick to um, let us know what her, um, what her um, clients are hoping to do and why. Okay, thank you. I'm Mary McKetrick and I represent the applicant. Um, we've been working on this for a while. Uh, this is uh, this is a proposal to expand the third floor, the attic floor of this house. And basically the means of expansion will be third floor dormers with an extended dormer in the front and a new dormer in the rear. And the, and the result of doing those additions um, creates an extension of existing nonconformities because 
this house is already on a 6,252 square foot lot, which is non-conforming. It was built in 1919, doesn't have to, to exist. It does, it's legal as is, but when um, any of anything is extended, that's considered an extension of the non-conformity under section four of the zoning bylaw and a special permit is required. And the standard for a special permit is no substantial, uh, would be no substantial detriment to the surrounding neighborhood and no derogation to the zoning bylaw. Um, so um, what we're, what the applicant is planning is to add a bedroom to the third floor and a full bathroom. Basically it would be a master, potentially at least a master bedroom and a bathroom. And the purpose of this is to add living space. It's not adding an apartment, but um, the applicant um, believes or is planning on kind of joining households with his son and daughter-in-law who live in California, I think at the moment, and th that this would provide more of a private um, bedroom and bathroom space for each part of the family. Um, this is his adult son. So um, although the design does technically create a three and a half story structure, it's really, I think, important to note that it does not exceed 35 feet in height. So um, when you look at the 18 pages of architectural plans from all sides, you'll see that although the house looks different with the dormers, the dormers do fit in with the original architecture. And then um, if you were to walk around in this neighborhood, you would see other houses. Um, not every house is the same. There's a lot of variety, but you would see some other houses of similar height and some somewhat similar designs. There's a lot of variation. Um, so over the years, um, George Mendel has lived in this house for quite a while. He's done a lot of improvements. Um, it's an historic structure. And he's always tried to um, make the house more beautiful um, from in the interior as well as the exterior. And these changes um, he feels are in keeping with the size and design of this house and of nearby homes um, and will improve the marketability. The home won't detract from neighboring homes, but it will also provide space. Um, he is he's single. His wife is no longer living um, but space so that he can join households with his son and daughter in law. Um, I'm going to ask George to speak to contact with neighbors because he has spoken to his neighbors and he can explain um, what their reaction has been. So he's here. I think um, he might Hi. need. Yeah. I I don't know why you don't have a picture of me out up there. I don't see one, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. Maybe it's a good, good thing. <laughs> um, so I, as to speaking to the neighbors, uh, I wasn't sure. I, I have spoken directly with several of my neighbors, the closest. Uh, I'm on a corner, so I have one behind me, uh, Kim and Ray, Kim McLaren and Ray Dauphiné. And uh, on my other side, I have Jane Daw Dawson. And um, I shared plans with each of them. When they, when they got the notice from the town, they go, oh, my God, what are you doing? And uh, so then I had to explain to them that, no, I'm not going up another floor, really. I'm just kind of pushing the roof up a little. Uh, and I, I really wanted to do it originally with like a dormer to add a bathroom. But the zoning required me to increase the ceiling height to seven feet, I think seven feet minimum um, for the whole area. So I have spoken directly to um, those neighbors, there's no one in my neighborhood that I know of who has voiced any opposition. Most of them have said, good luck with your project. That looks like a great project. Uh, I think the notice went out to my whole street. 
I, I was unclear of who it all went to. And uh, Marion advised me to send out a form letter. And uh, I didn't do that. I was a little unclear on who was getting it and how many letters I should send out. But I have shared plans with four neighbors, my immediate neighbor, neighbors on each side. And they, they say that is, you know, they have no opposition to it. Uh, my neighbor across the street, Dan Nuri and his wife, uh, Mary, um, uh, Mary, <laughs> they have different last names. And then uh, across the street to my right, I have a, a two unit property on the corner and I shared plans with them. Um, they were just interested. They, they are professional architects. They do commercial things and they're friends. And, you know, so I actually got the notice from uh, a friend down the street. I didn't get a copy, but my friend from like down the block said, hey, George, uh, I got this copy. And I go, oh, nice. Nice to know. Uh, <laughs> so then so then I, I we have a Facebook group on the street. So I just posted if you have any concerns or, uh, or if you'd like to see the plans, please let me know. And I haven't had any concerns listed for, from anybody. Uh, without going on too much, that's that's it. Okay, um, I'm just looking at the um, the elevations, and I I just noticed that there is no chimney showing on the proposed elevations. I'm just wondering because uh, it it kind of looks like it almost could be covered. And I'm just wondering well, what happened the, to that. You know, that's perceptive. I appreciate that. The chimney is coming out. It is no longer functional. Uh, back in the day when we bought this house, they split the chimney, they put the furnace up through the chimney, one side of it. And our result was our fireplace didn't have much draw. Eventually, my kids uh, left the house. They grew up. And so I got to have a gas fireplace insert. And I don't need to put it up through the chimney. So the, the plan is where the bathroom is going is very close to where the chimney is. They will take the chimney out at the third level. And the, the only thing that needs to vent out is the gas insert. Uh, and they, I understand that that can vent horizontally uh, and it doesn't have to go up through the roof. Okay. So there will be no chimney uh, on top of the roof um, anymore. So what I, um, now I did drive to the neighborhood today and I noticed that who is your neighbor to the rear of the house? I noticed that the land goes down somewhat. So that house there um, is, is going to be looking up at a much taller house. It already is looking at a tall house, but it's looking, it's going to look at a taller house. And I'm wondering if you, if you talk to those neighbors and who they might be and um, yeah. just yeah. wondering. That's on Elliott Street. And that is my neighbor, Kim McLaren and Ray Dauphiné. And the house is supposed to go up one foot, really, as I understand it, the roof line. There will be windows, more windows on the back of the house, but it won't, it will look different certainly than it does now. The truth is, I rehabilitated the third floor in 2014 with a limited permit. Uh, I didn't move any walls or things, and I got a limited permit. I upgraded the wiring, the the, the fire code, the windows, uh, the insulation. Uh, but then to add a bathroom was, you know, another um, deal, and originally another step. And originally, I hoped this would be a smaller project, but because of zoning requirements, the ceiling height in principle or in particular, I needed to um, 
raise the whole roof line. And it will still end up, as I understand it, less than 35 feet. So it really, it goes up about a, about a foot from over where it is. Um, there are also trees in between the houses so that in a sense, the third floor, one of the part of the appeal is you're up almost like in a tree house. And from their side, there's a lot of screening and they have windows and shades and um, they created a master uh, bathroom on their second floor um, within the last few years. And so they have frosted glass as you, you know, as is sensible, you know, to that's what we have in our in our bathrooms. Um, I'm wondering um, what is what is the square footage that we're talking about since um, we're looking at this as a, a three story um, addition rather than um, a 2.5, um, which is what it is right now. And so I'm wondering um, just um, the massiveness of a three story house that doesn't taper too, too much at the top. I'm wondering what we're looking at as far as square footage um, compared to the floor below at the, the four, four foot height? Well, the zoning code, as I understand it, requires a maximum of 60% uh, on the third floor. So, uh, I mean, it, it, to me, you know, it sounds like, oh my God, three full stories, but really the whole house is going up a foot from where it is now. Well, and there I, is I understand space. you're talking about the height of the house and that that is not an issue. What What is an issue is if, if the third floor is um, something more than, um, uh, forgetting what the number is right now, um, a percentage of the floor- 67%, I believe. Right. Um, yeah. So, so are we saying so are we saying that the the square footage at a height of four feet and and over is um, somewhere around two thirds or what what is that um, what is that figure? The architect developed the plans according to the existing building code and as I as I off the top of my head not actually looking at the PDF the limit is I think it's two thirds sixty seven percent that is. The tradition in Milton for a third floor. Correct, so, and I'm, so I'm I'm wondering, um, I what so what I want to be able to do is to be as close to to as two point five story building as we can be, so that we can give you extra room up there on the third floor, but that it would be somewhere around two thirds of the um, two thirds of what the square footage of the floor below is at that height. Um, so otherwise, it, it, we're, we're going to have massive three-story three buildings that um, don't really go together. So what I want to know is how far away from two-thirds is it? So that I can make a ruling on if it's something that is de minimis, if it's if it's something more than that, um, and so that is a figure that I need to use. Well, as as I understand it, it is without looking at the PDF, I'd have to open that up, and that has been presented. It is it does not exceed the maximum of sixty seven percent. The perimeter of the house doesn't change the foundation, and really. Uh, the I walls of the that. house will stay 
in line with the the lower floors. We're not jutting out any. So I understand just, that, but but the the point being is that if you were to just put a third floor on, um, that that was the same footprint of the floor below. That's a three-story building, and we don't we don't allow it. It's just part of the building code. We don't allow it. So so what what we're trying to do is to see how much different we have a third level it doesn't mean it's a full story though so we're trying to look at what that level is compared to the floor below it and so they what is counted is is the square footage at a level of four feet and above so anything that is less than four feet so that if you have a if you have a sloping wall, um, it's not going to count of, of that percentage except for where it is at, at four feet. So, um, so it's a it's a little bit different of a measurement measurement I think than um, you're talking about. And so, for me to make a determination, I do need to know that. I think George does understand that it, this plan. I'm not the architect, and I'm not an engineer. Um, this this plan, this proposal describes the end result as a three and a half story structure. Mm -hmm. The only question is, is the third floor right now a full floor or is it a is it is it technically a half story? That's the course that's the corresponding um, measurement that you're talking about. It can't be more than two thirds of the area of the second story. Correct. So can you answer that, George? Is your existing third floor um, considered a third floor? Did Joe Prondek explain that? Because I, I think what you're doing is in order to get the seven foot height, you yeah. have to add a half, less than a half story. That's why it's three and a half stories. And you have an existing house design that already has a third story, I think. Um, are you clear on that? Or do we really need to get well, more? Technical? As Joe put it to me, he said, you have an existing bedroom. When I rehabbed that space in 2014, he says, you want to bring it up to code? I said, yes. So he says, fine. I wasn't moving any walls, so I got a limited permit. So in terms of uh, do I have a two and a half story building, I have a bedroom on the third floor now. Uh, it is what most people would call an attic space, but it has been insulated, fire code, wired. Uh, as far as the, the minimum space, the architect is the one who ensured that this design is within the code that's the whole point he designed it in concert with joe prondack he said you know this is something that he does he's he's an expert uh that's what he does and he this has been designed to fit the existing building codes within the requirements of a special permit uh so the space whether you measure it vertically or horizontally uh four feet three feet uh, or seven feet. The ceilings will be uh, seven feet as required by code, but it meets the, the the code requirement on a third floor of not more than 67% of the floor below or both floors below because this house is um, obviously, uh, the floors are just stacked on each other and they are the same although they're organized differently the first and second floors they are roughly the same amount and i just uh 
I'm I'm honestly I'm a little confused myself because the the architect is the expert and he is the one who designed. I'm looking I'm trying to look at panel 17 and answer your question if it's four feet and above you know what space requirements are you adding uh you know so that all I know is that he designed it to be within code according to Milton's standards along with Joe Prondack and if I needed to I'd have to uh call on the architect to explain that but the plans are there uh again i'm not a civil engineer or an architect i'm a, I'm a home homeowner uh so no, so why is, why is it two and a half why is it three and a half stories george rather than um three stories do you know that i mean this i can't answer that question either and <laughs> unfortunately you know joe prondack is not with us anymore but the building code and the and the zoning bylaw exist, and they can be reviewed with the architect to explain this if necessary. Do you you don't have an answer to that, right? Uh, I'm not an expert, so no, I would I would prefer not to. All I can say is, again, to the best of my knowledge, it was designed within uh, the required code. That's the whole reason for me to hire an architect and. Uh, pay the amount of money I paid. Well, and the reason Joe Prondack reviews these applications before they come to the Board of Appeals is to determine what relief is required. So what he's saying is that you need a special permit to do this three and a, three and a half, three point five story structure, and that this is an extension of a non-conforming structure. So I believe, but I don't know because I, I just don't have enough information here, that the non-conformity is partially the height with the attic, so-called attic, and that and that you had to raise that attic up to seven feet in order to have the bathroom with this bedroom, and that that creates a three point five story structure. It's that's it is correct as as um, Ginny uh, points out. We don't allow three point five story structures. This one, this, but the rule with an extension of a nonconformity is that in order to be given permission to do that, you need a special permit and not a variance, but you need zoning relief. And so um, the basis is described in Joe Prondack's letter. But I guess what I'm asking here is um, in order to make a decision, there's not opposition from neighbors, but um, maybe your the hearing officer uh, needs a little bit more of an explanation from your architect and maybe what we're talking about is returning with that information because I, I think we've gone as far as we can to to explain it here is that am I correct is that that what you feel yeah yeah I think um I think that if I had the the figure that we have of of what how it compares how it compares to the second floor in percentage um, at the critical point, um, that would make all the difference in the world. And I think you need to know what the existing condition is. Existing condition being the house as is, you know, as a non-conforming structure. And I don't have that for the height. That correct? I mean, we need to know that. Well, um, as well as the number you're talking about. Well, I don't know if the survey I, helps I at all, but they they spent we spent money to develop elevations. So the survey, whereas the building plans may show, uh, I, and again, it's your call. Uh, the survey shows that we haven't exceeded 
or where we're, where we are within the limits of height and uh, the lot dimensions and the structure of the building. Uh, just the, the height doesn't appear to be a problem. No, it's not. Um, the it's, denial letter does yeah. not mention the height of it. Uh, it mentions height regulations, but that's as stories as opposed to how, how, how many feet high it is. So I'm not concerned about the actual height. I am concerned about the square footage as it could, the ratio from the third floor to the second floor. Yeah, that's a story, a question of, because we have two rooms. One is 35 feet. The other is two and a half stories. Mm -hmm. If you have an existing structure, that exceeds the two and a half story limit, that's a pre-existing non-conforming structure, then, the, then it's possible that what you're doing here is extending that pre-existing non-conforming structure in order to do the roof height that you need, it becomes a three and a half story structure. There's just not quite enough information. And that, this is a difficult question to answer without a lot of more detail on that particular issue. Your architect should be able to provide the answer. So if, if it's, um, if there's space to continue this hearing to a future date, if you have a future date, then I would suggest that we simply get the information that's requested and we all have a clear understanding of what, what's being extended, what exists and what's mm -hmm. being extended and what the actual measurement is. Um, I know Joe Pondek looked at it. I'm, I'm sure he's right that it's two and a half, it becomes three and a half stories. I just don't understand exactly what the mechanism, you know, what's causing the three and a half stories and what are we extending up from? So um, what do you, George, would you be willing to, if we ask for an extension, can you work with that with your architect? Uh, certainly. And, and I, I would feel more comfortable with the architect answering these questions because he's the expert and I'm not. Yeah. And he could even maybe ask, you could ask him to zoom in for the continued hearing if necessary. Um, and you know this we it's not we're not really depending on the building commissioner for this. Um, we we need an explanation of what got us to this point, why where what Joe Prandek used to determine this. And it's just not always obvious. The plot plan gives information on height, you're right, but it doesn't give information on the two and a half stories versus three and a half stories and how that was determined. So I would I would request that we be allowed to continue this. And um, maybe you can, you have to announce a date. So can you find another date, future date? <laughs> oh, dear. No. I didn't bring my calendar. Um, I can go fetch it, though. <laughs> yeah, Hold problem is you do have to announce a date. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Want to take me, a little break? and? Yeah, let's let's um, take a few minutes. And um, Chris, uh, Crystal, Julia, sorry about that. <laughs> if you could look and see, um, you know, what your schedule is like as well. Um, yep. And I, I assume that next week would be too early because we do have something scheduled next week. Well, what George, how quickly do you think you can uh, confer with your architect and get this information? Um, I don't, I don't, he's yeah. usually very responsive. Today, just today is Tuesday. So yeah. I should hear back from him within a day or two. So next week would be uh, fine if there is an opening next week. Uh, He's, especially given where we are in the process, I'm sure he will be, it, my experience has been as he is very responsive, so I wouldn't so, expect anything else. So why don't we try to do um, the um, meet, continue the meeting until the 23rd at, um, let's see, we're scheduled, um, we're scheduled through five o'clock, is that correct? I'm just double checking here. 
Don't, so if it doesn't work out, we can we'll have to continue again. But I'd rather try. Seems like this yeah, is yeah. If we can do it quickly can, and and everybody's again. happy, that that's a good thing. Yeah. Okay. We should be able to do it at four forty-five on the twenty-third. We only have three. Oh, okay. Great. That's even better, isn't it? That's fine. for and me the, because I have another hearing then anyway. So, okay. Thank you. On May 23rd. Okay. Okay. So um, we will, we will adjourn this hearing and um, take it back up a week from today at um, 445. Okay. Very good. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And we I guess we will be jumping right in to the I'm at a call to order the continued meeting on the application of the um, Chauvers to um, change their once two family house back into a two family house um, at 12 Morton Terrace. And since our last meeting on April 11th, um, We've had a, um, a fair amount of, oh, hold on one second, I'm missing some things here. Okay, yep. The file has been added to rather significantly. Um, Attorney McKetrick has, um, has submitted two more letters, one on the parking and um, and a further one dated, the parking was May 1st and the further one dated today that um, is um, about um, further argument for being allowed to have the two family um, designation for this house again. Um, Let's see, I've also had um, um, a letter from um, Joan Galtz, who lives um, at 50 West Side Road to the rear of the subject property. Um, and from Allison Cooper and Joe Zacharia from 8 Morton Terrace, who is against the proposition as well. Um, 
So what I'd, um, what I'd like to do, I, I, okay, this is a little difficult, not knowing where to start today. Um, the, the Morton Terrace neighbors that were against this had proposed um, an agreement that um, that was not accepted by um, by the proponents by the by the um, applicants. Um, so, and I assume that you have this, Attorney McKetrick from. Um, uh, I believe Brian O'Halloran had put this forward as um, to resolving the um, issue that um, would like to go in the temporary in-law apartment route, um, which um, you know would be following what is required of that um, temporary apartment um, bylaw. Um, of course, if that were something that were to be entertained, that would change the scope of this particular application and would have to be reapplied for that. So that's not something that we could actually um, do today, um, but it was out there anyway, saying that perhaps that would be something that you would want to look into if you wanted to keep this for your for your kids, for, for the, the Chauvet's kids that wanted to live there, that that would be something that would be possible. Um, However, it's like I say, it's not in the scope of this particular application. So that would have to be reapplied for. Um, so I think that, um, I'm not sure if there's any people out there that do wanna talk. Um, I think what I would like to do is um, if Attorney McKetrick could go over the parking plan that was submitted, um, it does appear that there's um, adequate parking not having to park on the street, although there's there's one parking spot that looks like it's in the front yard, and I'm not sure if that's a good spot. But anyway, it does look like there's room in the back. So if you would like to um, present that, um, I think that that could be helpful. Of course, I'd be happy to. Um, I do want to run through my letter because because I want to say, um, which I did at the outset in that letter, that uh, we're not rejecting the proposal by the neighbors for compromise which wasn't for a temp for an in-law apartment. It was for a four-year apartment permit. And um, in that sense, um, if we had zoning that allowed us to do that, it would have been a possible compromise because these um, applicants do intend to stay in the house and they just want to have the apartment while they're living in the house. Um, maybe they'd like to have their children you know, the, the house would continue to be owned by the family as long as it is. If it were possible to do that, if we had zoning to do that, um, that would have been a nice way of compromising this whole issue. That would have, uh, apparently, I think, the neighbors suggesting that if the Chauvets are in the house, and they've certainly kept a really beautiful house in great condition, um, that that would be satisfactory. And, and it's a pretty neighborly compromise in that sense. Um, but we can't do it because we don't have zoning that allows us to do that. And I also agree, of course, with um, what our zoning administrator is telling us, which is that we didn't apply for a special permit, so we'd have to withdraw this application. And if it were available, a means to do that, we would have to reapply. So um, just to go back to the parking plan, because this was responding to the um, concerns that were expressed at the last hearing, which is 
that having this additional unit is going to overcrowd the street. People will be parking on the street. There was concern about um, blocking the um, gate at the end of, of um, Morton Terrace. Um, and, and, and then we, were, we weren't completely sure what the function of that gate was and, and what it was to be used for. So the applicants did follow through and, and um, prepared a parking plan. And they, uh, by the way, the amount of parking space in the front yard does not exceed the limitation on square footage in the in the front setback of parking. Not saying you know good or bad otherwise, but it it is legal from uh, the standpoint of what our zoning bylaw permits. And the proposal for that one space in the front, just under the tree, is that it would be paved with grass pavers. So when there's no car park there, the lawn it would still have a grassy appearance. Then um, there's a, you know there's parking space in the driveway. A car would have to be moved in order for cars in the back to get out. And then in the rear, there's the, uh, they show um, a parking space that could be created that could be created at the end of the driveway. And then what they also showed, and I actually wasn't aware that they had this, is that underneath the house. There are two parking spaces. This house was designed by a chief family and it was designed with two parking spaces. And so one of those parking spaces in addition would be available. And um, so I, you know, the other one is currently used for storage, although they're not proposing taking it out and, and using it for this. I think it's practical to have one space for storage with one or two units in the house. Um, but it, ultimately what their parking, what their um, parking design shows is a capability for parking five cars on this site, which is the maximum number of cars that you could park under the zoning bylaw. That number of parking spaces off street exceeds any requirement in our bylaw for if this were a two family, if you were allowed to have this as an existing two family, the requirement in a, in a C zone is only for one, one space per unit. Um, this is a residency district. For um, B and A districts, the parking requirement is two spaces for each unit. This parking plan also satisfies that requirement in, for a, a B or an A district. So, um, and and in terms of, you know, is it, it's a driveway and one car parks behind the other and so forth. I mean, this is the type of parking we have all over Milton in two family houses. There's a, long, a longer driveway, um, and park, you know, cars can park one behind the other. The driveway is big enough to do that. There is a gate currently. You see a wooden gate going across the driveway right now. That gate's on hinges and opens and can be kept open. Um, I think the Chauvets put that in because they have a dog, but they don't have to use it. So their plan would be to hook the gate. You know, they don't even have to take it out. They can just hook it open. Um, the other features, uh, they've designed the parking so that the lot will continue to be as beautiful as it does now. Um, they've done, a, since they've moved into this house, they have updated the inside of the house and they have kept the outside in great condition. They have done landscaping. It's really quite beautiful and it will continue to be beautiful. The um, parking in the back would be um, parking. They, I guess currently they have pavers in the driveway, I think. Uh, so that's an existing condition. So what they've done to do these renderings is, I wouldn't know how to do this, but they apparently did. Um, they showed the sort of superimposed pictures of parked cars on 
the type of plans that they're proposing. So you can see pretty well what it would look like. The other um, effort that they did was they did reach out and speak to the fire chief. And I believe their neighbor may have as well. So we actually, the Board of Appeals did receive an email, I think, directly from the fire chief. But what they told um, Danielle Chauvet was, what, he's, what he said was, um, it's an emergency access for a secondary water source, which is the hydrant that's at the end of 12 uh, Morton Street, Morton no, Terrace. And so it should be available if it's needed. And um, that's why the gate is there and it's not locked. And so the Chauvets asked if, if an, uh, no parking sign could be installed. The fire chief said he would contact the owner of the um, apartment building next door and ask for that. And the sign is already up. So they did follow through on those two requests. Um, so that's the parking plan. Um, I Do you want me to go into my letter response or would you rather, um, Ms. King, you want to have more discussion of that? Of the parking, you mean? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think um, the parking has been addressed well. Okay, so I just, can I just, my, I know not everybody has read this letter and I don't usually read letters. I'm going to kind of try to read most of it though, because yeah, I think it's, it. it's kind of important. Whatever you decide, I, I don't, we're not happy with the fact that the neighborhood is, you know, all kind of in different positions with this, some support, some don't. Um, we want everybody to get along. We don't want anyone to be terribly unhappy, but we do feel there's some really good reasons why this perhaps could be allowed. So in any case, um, the owners have lived here since 2009. The house was constructed in 1928. That was before uh, 1938 zoning bylaw was adopted. It's a, it's a two family home um, kind of very nicely designed um, two family home. And in 2011, the applicants decided they wouldn't rent that second unit anymore because they had young children and they could see that they could really use the extra space from the other apartment. And so um, they didn't, you know, reconstruct the interior of the house. It's still a two family in design. On the right hand side of the house is a stairway that goes up to the second story. On the left hand side of the house is the living room. You go back of that, there's a dining room to the right is the kitchen. And then I think that might be a porch in the back, I'm not sure. And um, upstairs, there's a very generous um, upstairs area, a living room basically, or would be up above where the existing living room is. Um, there is no longer a kitchen, but the kitchen space is still there. So as soon as I went upstairs, I could see where the kitchen used to be. It's, it's, you know, a little bit in back of where the stairway is. It's not a very, it's not a huge kitchen area. It doesn't have any kitchen appliances in it. Um, and um, what really struck me about the house, because I hadn't been in it before I, until I wrote this follow-up letter, is it's just really beautiful. They've done a gorgeous job of, of um, updating in the house. It's, a, it's a, what's called a craftsman-style architecture outside. When they decided to um, not use the two-family, they moved the porch from the right to the left, the right-hand entrance, and have a sort of a craftsman-style porch with a roof and stairs. It's really attractive. And it's away from the tree now, so you can it, it looks better. The house is better balanced. 
If they did restore the two family, they would put a door in the front of the house, but it would be an inconspicuous door with just a stairwell, you know, no, no porch. Um, and the fact is they could add that porch now if they want. I mean, they could add that door if they wanted to now. That's allowed by the building code. Um, and it would lead directly into an entry and stairwell that exists and has never been changed. So, you know, I'll go through the rest of the comments that were provided. Um, but basically to restore this two family use, you just have to install kitchen appliances again. And they'd like to put that second door in on the right, um, but it would not, you know, architecturally you'd be, the main door would be the one on the left that it current, currently exists and it's quite attractive. First of all, I wanna say that the spirit of compromise expressed in the suggestion from neighbors for uh, some other way to do this, we really appreciate that. And I know a, a good bit of thought went into it. And what it says to me is that, you know, they're not, they don't dislike their neighbors, but they're worried about what might happen after the neighbors no longer own the property. And so how do you do something about that? If you were issuing a special permit, it could be time limited or it could be limited to the recipients. But a variance doesn't have those characteristics. And we have no zoning right now that allows you to issue a two-family use unless, you know, without having a two-family on each side of the house um, with a special permit. Um, and then allows you to, you know, would then allow you to put those conditions in. So it's a kind of a dilemma. I mean, the suggestion is an interesting one, and I wish there were zoning that allowed it. Um, so I just want to explain that what the Chauvets are intending to do is very much within the spirit of that request. Um, so um, they, they intend to continue to live on the property well into their old age. They want to stay here. They love the neighborhood. They love their house. They do intend to eventually convey ownership to their children. So for a long period of time, you, you can expect that the Chauvets are going to own this house. Their plan is not to sell it for, for a profit you know, to a developer or anybody else. They intend to stay here. And they want to stay here, but they don't need as much space as they have. And the house is laid out as a two-family. It was used for the last 83 years as a two-family prior to 2011, and it just seems kind of obvious to them that it would be a good use to again go back to allowing the two units. They would like the company. They would like having someone living upstairs or whichever unit they chose to live in, um, and maybe it would be one of their children, and of course, that would be a happy situation for them if that's what happened. Um, so their intentions are consistent with the neighbor's concern. They intend to stay here. Um, they want to continue to own the property. And this is one of the ways that allows them to stay. Um, so the house was constructed with a lot of space in the first, second, and attic floor. It was designed with two garage units underneath the house, which is kind of unusual. So when it was constructed in 1928, thought was given to parking um, and when the Chauvets bought the house, the backyard was had gravel all over it. They've since landscaped it in a very nice way, and they're proposing to keep as much landscaping as possible, but to put a parking space down at the end of the, the driveway. Um, as There are problems with some of the restrictions that the neighbors have asked for. Um, my explanation is this. Um, street parking is not in the purview of the Board of Appeals. It's controlled by the town. The street is a public way. 
And so any restrictions or um, designation of a parking space to one property would could only be allowed by the town. And I'll explain why I don't think it would be, but the, me the method for doing this would be to apply to the traffic commission, ask them to consider the plan. In this case, it would be to say the Chauvets can only park one car and have one parking space in front of their property. Um, if the traffic commission recommended that, they send that recommendation to the select board. Select board has to vote to approve it. So only the select board can approve variations from the open public parking uh, on a public street um, that exists in our town. The problem with that proposal is that, you know, there are other two family homes on the street and there are no such restrictions on anybody else's property. So if you were going, I think, I know what the traffic commission would say, and they would say two things. One is the parking space in front of the Chauvet's house doesn't belong to the Chauvet's, it belongs to the public. The parking space in front of everybody else's house belongs to the public. We all know on streets, just like I live in the street that's not too long, we tend to, if we're going to park, we try to park in front of our own houses. So the custom is that it's it's thought of as being a little bit more for the person that lives there. But, you you know, there I can't think of any reason, with the possible exception of a severe handicap problem where you created a handicap parking space for a resident of a property that this would ever happen. And I don't think that um, the Chauvets, I don't think you could impose a different restriction on parking in front of their house to one family than you have on other families on the street. Um, the, other, the other problem has been taken care of, the parking in front of the gate, it is not allowed. It, it, there's a, no parking sign there now. And the police department will enforce that. And if someone's parked there and you don't like it, you need to call the police. They will come and they'll ticket the car. They could even order it to be towed. So I think the Chauvets have followed through on that. And we know that that would be taken care of. Um, so, and, and there's no parking, by the way, in front of the fire hydrant either, which is, as you face the Chauvet property, I think it's to the right of the Chauvets. So the concern from the neighbor across the street and both, both these houses, 12 Morton and the house across the street, they have concerns with backing out of their driveways and not hitting a car that's parked directly in back. So because of the location of the driveways, it's important that no cars be parked, of course, in front of the, no, uh, in front of the gate and in front of the fire hydrant. That's for the neighbor across the street. And then for the Chauvets, um, as long as, as, you know, exercise, I guess I'd have to say the ex reasonable caution should be exercised by both of those properties for that reason. Um, but I believe that everything that can be done has already been done to restrict parking there. Um, and then, as I said before, the, the proposal was don't add a second doorway. Presumably the idea is this would make it look more like a two family, but the main doorway is on the left and it's clearly the main entrance and a second doorway, they could have kept that second doorway, but the second doorway used to have a roof and be a much more elaborate entrance. They didn't want that. They didn't really need the door while they were using it for their for their extended family. Um, they could add the door tomorrow if they wanted to. It's just a building permit requirement. It is a convenience. So I'm not sure. Um, I think there are a lot of other problems um, or a number of problems with the proposal, which nevertheless has been made with everybody's best interests in mind. 
Um, so this plan enables the Chauvets to live here, but not alone, into their old age. It makes the best possible use of this beautiful large home, which is still laid out as a two-family home. Restoring the additional residential living unit without altering the existing well-designed structure is the best possible way to make additional apartment space. And that's something in short supply, very short supply in Milton. As a final point, we haven't discussed this, but I really wanna make this point fairly strongly. Since the applicants purchased this property, there have been significant changes to the property around them, particularly to the right, where there is a high density apartment building and there is an existing historic house that was a single family residence that is now a multi-unit residence. That's the yellow house. And that house is less than 100 feet away from the show base. Um, this, is an ex this is a far more significant change than restoring two family use to their property. And it, it certainly affected the whole street, but it had the greatest effect on the Chauvets and their neighbors across the street. They are the closest to this new development and it is a significant change. So I think these factors do address legal justification for a variance. And it seems, manifestly unjust to me that the applicants should be denied two-family use of their property, which was designed for that use and used that way for 83 years, while these multi-unit structures have been created next door after they purchased their home. So, you know, it's a difficult case. I understand that. I would like everybody to be comfortable with the result. It's difficult to see how that would be necessarily. But I do think there's some pretty strong arguments here for allowing the Chauvets to restore the, the house to two-family use. Um, and I think there is sufficient protection in terms of parking on the street. Um, so I'd ask you to consider still granting the variance. Thank you. Okay. Um, are there any people that wanted to um, be heard that hadn't heard been heard before or have additional things that they would like to say if they have been heard before? Um, I, you know, I'm still aware of, um, well, I, I'm aware that there was a petition um, signed by um, just about all of the people on Morton Terrace, as well as people on Morton Road and Westside Road that were against the, the application. I don't know if anyone has, um, change their mind on that? Probably not. Um, but, it, you know, if there's, if there's anything that um, might not have been um, discussed before, um, I'd be happy to hear that now. Yes, I do have a bunch of hands up. So okay. I'll start with John Kelly. And just if you could um, go ahead and give your name and address so that we can have a record of everything, that would be great. Good evening, can you hear me? Mr. Kelly, yes. Hi, my name is John Kelly, I'm a Milton native. I grew up on Russell Street and I've been a resident of Seven Morton Road for nearly 20 years. I can, wasn't I just, able to... can I just add that you do look like your father? Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't able to attend the previous hearing uh, due to my travel schedule, um, but I do commend Danielle and the Chauvets um, and their efforts to reach out and listen to their neighbors' concerns. Uh, particularly around parking and go through the ZBA uh, for the use change. Um, 
So I am in support of the use change at 12 Morton Terrace. Um, it had previously been a two family for 80 plus years, like you said, up, up until 2011. Uh, there's other two family homes on Morton Terrace. Um, so I would, I would again, support this uh, use change. Conversely, um, there's other folks in the neighborhood who have converted their single family home into a two family home, um, subverting the zoning process and the neighbor's concerns. Um, so I, I, again, I commend the Chauvets for going through the proper legal uh, channels, the ZBA and, and reaching out to their neighbors to uh, change their use back to a two family home like it was. Okay, and could you tell me your address again? I, I kind of missed that. Yeah, sorry, 7 Morton Road. 7 Morton, okay. Road. Okay, thank so, I you, mean, Mr. Kelly. There's parking challenges with the, with the illegal two-family that we've all been putting up for years. So with the Chauvets coming to the zoning board and presenting their case, they, they're doing the correct thing and listening to the neighbor's concerns. Um, so I think, um, again, I would support their use change. Thank you. Hey, um, Brian and Connie O'Halloran. Hi, uh, good evening, Ms. King. How are you? Um, I, uh, uh, first I wanted to, uh, I want to do two things. First is just, uh, uh, have a small statement about, um, our continued opposition to, um, this variance. And uh, also um, to remind everyone that uh, as I'm speaking, I'm, I'm speaking for um, the people who are in opposition to this. We still remain um, uh, in opposition. It's not just myself and my wife speaking. Um, in any case, I'll try to keep it short by just uh, uh, covering the uh, paragraph that um, uh, we sent earlier today. Um, 12 Morton Terrace does not meet the hardship requirement necessary to allow a variance for conversion to a two-family dwelling. There is nothing pertaining to the property regarding the shape of the lot, soil conditions, or topography that prevents the property from being used as a single family under the town's zoning bylaw. The applicants have not presented any evidence of con conditions that satisf satisfy the elements required for the variance request. And that's uh, all I had to say at the moment. Okay, thank you. I, I appreciate um, um, the confirmation of where, where you are standing on that as well as your neighbors that you're speaking for. William Kring. Hey everyone, uh, thanks for Thanks for listening. My name is William Kring, 80 Elliott Street, uh, Milton, Mass, in the same uh, neighborhood. And um, I, I find it the height of hypocrisy uh, and quite troubling uh, that residents are, are so opposed uh, to a property that was for more than, more than half a century, a two-family home and remained as such uh, not being allowed to return to that original use. And there's a number of important considerations that I would urge this board to hear and to take into consideration. Number one, the owners of this property should be commended for doing what this town would want, 
The owners came forward and were transparent about the change of the use of their property uh, when this uh, when it was converted to a, to a single family. And if this board is not to allow them to continue this uh, use of the property and return it to a two family, that is only going to stand to ensure that future owners of multifamily properties are not as transparent of changes that they make to the use of their property. That's a first important point. Number two, as, as their representative noted, it's keeping with the neighborhood. There are massive apartment buildings in that area that this board has approved with less parking um, to, to, that baffled and befuddled me at the time. But somehow let, these let me just make a correction still... here. I'm sorry I'm to interrupt, but let me just make a correction here. Um, those those changes went through the planning board, did not go through the board of appeals. So, um, just wanted to set the record straight on that. Fair enough. Well, the town government approved them, uh, and it's it's been a significant area that's impacted me as a resident significantly more than anyone on Morton Terrace would be impacted by this uh, parking situation because there isn't sufficient parking all along Elliott Street. And yet these continued monstrosities continue to be erected. Uh, number four, uh, it's notable that anyone opposing uh, this, this return to use as a two family is standing in the way of the town increasing tax revenue. Uh, and that's a very important consideration here because this property is going to uh, uh, continue to be increased in value. It's not going to have any impact on the property values of the properties around it. Two-family homes in Milton are in high demand because we're such an unaffordable community to begin with. And individuals are able to purchase two-family homes and finance a property and access a town with the great benefits, education systems, et cetera, that Milton has because of two family properties and it enriches the fabric of our community. So anyone who opposes this return to a two family use opposes the uh, diversity and accessibility of Milton to families. And finally, <clears throat> in a town that's plagued with a lack of affordable housing, uh, from a policy standpoint, there should be vocal support from everybody for these types of proposals. And here, we clearly have homeowners that did the responsible thing and are yet again doing the responsible thing. They could easily put in another door, throw in some appliances, and no one would know. And yet they're doing it the right way and they're being penalized by this ludicrous opposition that's concerned about soil sampling. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Mr. Kring. Okay, uh, last one is Dan Jaffe. Dan Jaffe. Mr. Can you hear Jaffe? me now? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm Dan Jaffe. Uh, along with my wife, uh, Ann Carpenter, live at uh, 5 Morton Terrace, so just down the street. Uh, we've lived there for nearly 33 years and uh, raised our kids and all of that. And uh, we live in a single family. And I don't really have an awful lot uh, detailed things to say other than that I have, you know, read most of the documents and uh, uh, talked to the Chauvets about it, and we are definitely in support of it. We're in support generally of people being able to do what they uh, want to with properties, obviously within the law and within um, reasonable standards, and I think that they are acting this way. They're great neighbors. 
the fact that this was for a long time a, a two family, I think, really uh, negates an awful lot of criticism that could be made of it. I mean, this was, was the status quo for a long, long time. So I, that's all I wanted to say is just to, um, uh, I, I think uh, uh, Mr. Kring was more eloquent than I am, but we are really supportive of this. Okay, thank you, Mr. Jaffe. That's the last one, Julia. Sorry, one more. Oh, okay. Allison. Uh, yeah, Allison Cooper. Hi, everyone. I'm Allison Cooper. I live at 8 Morton Terrace. So there's one home between myself, my husband, our two young girls, and 12 Morton Terrace. I, you know, I do want to say that I appreciate the thought that the Chavos have put into considering concerns raised by those on the street and our opposition to their proposal has nothing to do with how wonderful they've been as neighbors. However, we recently purchased our home last year with the expectation that we were moving onto a street into a neighborhood zoned for single family use. Uh, we, you know, so absolutely support rental units in the community and know that we're surrounded by them on other streets nearby. But when we moved onto a dead end street zone for single family use, we hoped that with that, it came with uh, homeowners that were statistically more likely to be families, less likely to turn over and lead to a real community feel for our young girls to grow up in. Uh, we have, like I said, two young toddlers, and we also hope that by living on a dead-end street, there's limited traffic for them as they're playing in the neighborhood, and do appeal to uphold the zoning set in the neighborhood and expected by us as residents on Morton Terrace. Okay, thank you. Mrs. Cooper? There's a couple more now. Okay. Um, Jerry Moffat. We can't really hear you. Okay. Um, oh, there we go. Hi, we, we, my husband Bob and I live at 10 Morton Terrace. Um, we are the next door neighbors of the Chavez. Um, and we, uh, we lived here before uh, they converted it. We've lived here for 35 years, I think. So mm -hmm. when we when we moved in, we um, the next door was a two family. It was never a problem, um, and the Chavez have been great neighbors. So it if not something that we object to. Uh, it was a two family um, for many, many years. And we bought this house knowing it was a two family next door. Um, so as far as just the parking um, would be the only issue that there's parking provided um, in all seasons. So there can be off the street parking. Um, I'm not crazy about the parking in the front yard, but um, the, the rest of it seems fine to us. Um, yeah, anything else? No, okay. Thank you. Thank you. 
So I'm just, I just want to check a bunch of hands that are still up are people that already spoke. So I'll just allow them to talk and see if they had something else to say. Okay. Um, Dan Jaffe. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Um, no, I had nothing else to say. I'm sorry. Okay, the hand was still up, so I just want to check. I believe uh, I have some people that are trying to speak. I, I think they just don't know how. Um, Deb Alzaba, do you see her? Illegal. No, her hand's not up, but if she would like to speak and puts her hand up, I can do that. I did. Okay. I just allowed Brian and Connie to speak again. Their hand was okay. up. Go ahead. Hi, uh, this is Connie O'Halloran. I just wanted to um, say that uh, it's probably worth noting that uh, yeah, the two family that existed before down at the end of the street, the neighborhood has has uh, changed. Um, a fence has gone up to block the end of the street, making the end of the street significantly tighter to navigate with that massive apartment building on the other side of the fence. So it isn't the same as it was uh, for 83 years. It, things have very much changed uh, in terms of how, how clogged it is down there. And um, it this happened after uh, the Chauvets bought their, their home. So that's all I had to say. Thank you, Mrs. O'Halloran. Mrs. McCoggan. Hi, um, I just wanted to make a comment relating to the parking and specifically where it talks about the street parking. I wanted to be known that the obstruction of the fire hydrant goes for the entirety of the street and not just um, 12 Morton Terrace. Um, for example- I'm sorry, could you say that again? I, I wasn't, I didn't hear all of what you had to say. The, sorry. the hydrant. Can you now? What was that? Sorry, can you hear me now? Sort of, in um, and out. Sorry, I think my connection is is poor, but I need to note that my concern about the fire hydrant park relates to the whole street and not just 12 Morton Terrace and any obstruction of the fire hydrant and parking within it should be applied to everyone. And I think that the spots, when we discuss how many spots are on the street, it relates to you know not being within the markings of that fire hydrant. Um, we recently had a home doing renovations and the fire hydrant was obstructed overnight with construction vehicles. So I wanted it to be very clear that any of our parking, you know, rules apply to the whole street. That's, that's absolutely correct. And, and you are certainly within the, um, your rights and, and, and almost duty. If, if there are people parking there that, that are getting in the way of the hydrant, feel free to call the police because they will take care of it.
And we have Ann Carpenter, who is currently on mute. Oh, she's not on mute now. Okay, go ahead. Hi, uh, my name is Ann Carpenter, and oh, that's an interesting picture. Um, I I um, live at Five Morton Terrace with Dan Jaffe, and, and I just wanted to say, you know, I've been here for 33 years, and I brought my children up here, and it was a dead-end street, and it's still a dead-end street, and it was a two-family, and there wasn't problems with traffic. My children played on the street. All of the kids played on the street. Um, I just don't see this as causing congestion on our street because it was like that for most of the time, for all of the time that my children grew up here. And I'm perfectly comfortable with having it be Danielle's children upstairs from her. And um, I just think that people need to remember that we did this for 30 years or 28 years and it was fine. The traffic wasn't a problem. When someone was backing out, they told the kids to get on the sidewalk. Um, so I just, I just don't see the reasoning with this at all. Um, and when I bought my house, I was aware there were three two families on the street. And what's different about her two family going back to a two family and the other two families on the street? So that that's what I have to say. Thank you for acknowledging me. Thank you, Mrs. Carpenter. Sandra Hello. Almeida. Yes. Hi. My name is Sandra Almeida, and I live at 20 Morton Road in Milton here, right around the corner. Um, Danielle's house does not impact me. The parking does not impact me. But I will, you know, double down on what Ann just said. My grandchildren played on Morton Terrace when they were young, and there wasn't a problem with parking or cars racing up and down or anything like that. So what I would like to say is that I am in support of them going back to a two-family house. It's their home and they would like their children there. I don't see what the problem is. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Almeida. You're welcome. Peggy C. Hi, I'm, my name is Peggy Conant, and I am one of the owners of one of the other two, two families, and I spoke last time. Um, I'm, I'm hearing concern about cars comes up repeatedly, and I would say that if the neighbors want to get together and talk about how the road is used as a single family road, then I think we all need to be willing to talk about well, the deliveries, pet services that come in and out. And we now have a commuting footprint on our block for your pets. We so have a what? What was that? We have a what? We on have block? a commute footprint for the pets on our street. Um, and there's lots of in and outs, but I'm not sure those trips can be ascribed more to the two families than to the one families with multiple cars per single families. And I think it's a reasonable thing to be concerned about traffic on a dead end street, but let's get together and try to reduce our footprint. All of us, you know, how, reduce how many times we go in and out or something, but I don't see it as a problem that one house is responsible for or should be laid at the foot of one particular home. 
That's all I have to say. Thank you, Mrs. Conant. Uh, Mrs. Alcibai. Hi, my name is Deb Alcibai, and I live at 11 Morton Road. And um, I am in support of their house being um, able to go back to a two-family house. Um, my house has a, a legal in-law apartment that I was really blessed to find when I was looking for a house in Milton so that my in-laws could live here and help me raise my children. And I'm really looking forward to when my children are ready to move back home, that they can have a place that they can afford in Milton, because right now it's prohibitive for them to actually try to buy or even rent outside of living at my house. And I think that that's like something that we need to look at the future generations, if they want to come back to Milton, you know, to have affordability in the houses that we own. Um, and I have no intention of leaving. My plan is to stay here until, you know, I can't do the stairs or, or my mental capacity isn't such, but, you know, I love this neighborhood and I think it's really important to, you know, allow people to live in places where they can have family with them as well. Um, so I'm in support of it. And I hope that, you know, we can all agree on that. Thank you, Mrs. Alcibai. And that was the last hand. That was the last hand. Okay. Um, I have a dilemma. <laughs> My dilemma is I am one person making a decision. And there's a lot of people that have very legitimate concerns on both sides of this equation. They all make sense to some extent. Um, some more than others, perhaps, but um, everybody has spoken and um, and you know it, it are concerned about their neighborhood in, in a lot of different ways. Um, and I'm of the opinion that this is an important enough um, issue that I think this needs to go in front of a full board of three people to make the decision. Um, the discussions that we have at when we close the, um, the part of the meeting where we take evidence do in fact change minds. So even though we have heard all the evidence, talking amongst ourselves can bring us to a better decision. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm the only person that's ever been able to make a decision by herself on this. And I feel that this one is a little bit um, too complex and heavy for me to be setting precedent one way or another on affirming it or denying it. And so I would um, suggest that um, this come before, I hate to do this after we've spent a couple of nights on it already. And a lot of people have put a lot of thought and time and um, heart into it, but I, I was hoping that there was going to be some kind of consensus that we could we could come up with. And um, it's clear that that's not quite gonna happen. And I think that um, whether I'm part of that three person board or not, I, it probably makes sense for me to be there, but um, I don't necessarily have to be. Um, I, I think that the talking that goes amongst the board members, um, you know, it has to be unanimous decision. There have been times that it's been, you know, two to one and um, talking has turned it around. 
um, so that the person that that was that was the one person has changed the mind of the other two, and 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 it goes the other way as well, where the one person can change their mind. So, <laughs> excuse me. So I think because this is a, a truly unique situation, um, it and I and I understand people, you know, can play fast and loose with two family rules and so forth. I don't want this to be one of those situations where we make people go undercover. And I I don't, nor do I want, um, you know, the Chauvets to, um, to not have the opportunity to have that, that discussion amongst three people that all have good ideas. I can talk to myself a lot, but, <laughs> I think it would be better if I talked to two other people as well. And so I think that I'm going to decline to rule on this and suggest that um, McKetrick requested it go to a three board hearing, a three, three member um, hearing instead. And I, I apologize for, for causing people to have to um, extend this a little bit more and um, you know, do not be afraid of speaking up um, when the, this next um, phase of it comes, because it will be a, it will be a new um, hearing. So the same information will have to be taken into consideration. Um, so as I say, I do apologize for that. I thought it was something that was going to be um, an easier thing to make happen one way or another, and it's not. So I want everybody to have that chance with three people and um, three heads sometimes are better than one, and I, this is this is one of those cases. So um, I'm quite sure that that can be done on this same um, application, and so that would be um, simply a matter of requesting that you go to a full um, board hearing on this and have that scheduled. Okay, so. Um... I'm not completely clear on this. Um, I know there is a way to do this when you have a hearing officer procedure. Do you know whether the Board of Appeals adopted that? And was that an appeal from your decision or was it a referral? Well, um, the other I didn't make a decision. Yeah. It's not an appeal. For it's my not decision. an appeal. So, so the other means, the only other way I can think of that you would do this would be to we'd withdraw without prejudice and refile, unfortunately, of course, I think that's this is going to happen anyway. Um, I suspect that you have to re-advertise the hearing because you, we have a new board, a new you know. So so I'm a little bit unclear, and I don't want to I, I don't want to mess it up one way or another. I understand why you're suggesting this. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so um, you can't set another date. So what I would do is request that we request in the alternative that either you allow us, and, and you could allow both, I think, allow us to withdraw without prejudice and file another application, and but with the request that it be a full board, um, or you could all, and, and approve in the alternative, if there is a legal procedure that the board has approved for simply referring the case back to the full board, that I we would certainly like is. that. I believe yeah. there is, so that you wouldn't have to withdraw without prejudice because it shouldn't, it, because we chose to put it in front of one person instead of three, that that wasn't necessarily your decision. It wasn't your client's decision. So oh. I that that would be something that could could be handled clerically. 
Okay. So as long as my request is on the record, in yes. case there's some problem with it, yes. um, and as long as you say, if that were necessary, you're approving a withdrawal without prejudice. Yes. So that's a decision. But what you're saying is, but what I'm going to do is refer this to the full board and everyone should be aware that I expect that that will require um, that the hearing be, a new hearing date will have to be set. You won't know what it is, so it's going to have to be re-advertised and you will get notice again, just as you did for this, correct? I mean, I think that's right, isn't it? Yes, that's correct. Since okay. we're not, we, otherwise we'd have to establish a date today, which makes no sense because we're involving another board. So, I mean, we've had a, you know, good discussion and a lot of information and it's been productive in that sense. And I really appreciate the time that you have spent. I want to appreciate all the time that everybody else has put into this, the heart and soul. You can hear it. I have been um, thinking about this a lot over the last month, a lot. And um, it's, um, it, it's full of interesting questions. It really is. And I, um, I, mm -hmm. I think you deserve three people. I think you deserve three people. That's fine. I mean, we're not going to oppose it. <laughs> Why would we? <laughs> um, and clearly, you're not prepared to make a decision at this point. So um, whatever is necessary, as I say, I've, we made the request to withdraw without prejudice if that's necessary. Otherwise, um, of course, we would acquiesce to having it to your referring it to the full to a full board. So and thank you. Okay. You're very welcome. And thank you to all of the people that spoke. Um, like I say, I, I value all of the information that you've you've given. And um, I, I hope that this can be um, handled well by three. Okay. So these, this is all recorded. Um, so it, it, the record is available, um, I assume, on YouTube or whatever. Do you know how this works with yeah, these? Yeah, you know, I, I don't. I, I know the town meeting is on YouTube. Um, I don't know if that's something that was requested, Julia. Uh, yeah, so it's recorded through Milton Access TV, and then it's on their YouTube page. So if okay. you go to YouTube and search okay. Milton Access TV, it'll be there. So the board, a new board, would have the opportunity if they wanted to sit through it. But no, I mean, really, they probably should. It pro yeah, it, they probably should. The discussion that's occurred, and it, so no one has wasted their time in writing letters and providing testimony. And we haven't either. And of course, I could incorporate um, everything that I've already submitted to the- Oh, absolutely. Give it absolutely. to absolutely. Okay, thank you. I just wanted to check on that. Okay. Yes. All right. Thank you. We can have dinner. So thank you all. Okay. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night.